0: of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning.
1: step right with lynn i'm your host lynn wedham we're on a2zen.fm my guest today is sherry Gross from the mennonite foundation of canada and we're going to talk about charitable giving in canada now we'll be discussing this topic from a canadian perspective um, so the answers will be coming in canadian terms however for our listeners in the u.s and the u.k the discussion will clarify the questions that you should ask about the rules around charitable giving in your countries, um, and you know it's often just as important to know what the questions are um, to get us on the right track. So stay tuned. Um, there'll be value in this um, in this program for you too. Um, Canadians are generous uh, we give to many charities every year, most Canadians giving directly to charities. Um, But there's lots of really good reasons um, to use other methods as well, other ways to give um, that we can talk about. What we suggest on Step Right with Lynn is that we be very intentional about our giving. Um, So that's what we would like to see you do is to really think about uh, what you're giving to, the causes that you're giving to, the way that you're giving Um, Because sometimes when we consider the tax implications, uh, we have the ability to give more um, because of the tax treatment of our uh, donations. Uh, So good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Lynn. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe about the Mennonite Foundation, a little bit about your background, just by way of
2: introduction for us this morning? Of course I'd be delighted to. I am a Southern Ontario girl, grew up on a dairy farm and went to university and worked in the agriculture sector for a few years and then wanted to do something um, that involved generosity and working within the, the broad church community. And looked around and found an agency called Mennonite Foundation of Canada that helps generous people give money away to the causes that they care about, both in their lifetime and in their state. And that seemed like a really good fit to me. So I've actually just finished nine years of working at Mennonite Foundation, starting my 10th year, and I still love it. I get to talk to wow. lots of of generous folks across Ontario and the eastern part of Canada about charitable giving, about the causes they care about, and it is just, it's a lot of fun to chat with folks and find out what they care about, what their situations are, and hear their stories. And so Mennonite Foundation is actually a national organization. We have offices across Canada and staff across Canada, and our goal is to make it easy for people to give, to give them a place to ask questions that perhaps um, some of the charitable details, the financial planner, their accountant, their lawyer, they don't always deal with this stuff every single day, but we do. And so we're uh-huh. happy to work with those donors and with charities to help it make it easy for their donors to give to causes that they care about and help to make the world a better place for all of us.
1: Right. We're going to try to clarify some of the ways um, that people might um, make use of some help. Absolutely. So, um, charitable giving in Canada, tell us what Canadians are doing.
2: Well, in 2013, most of Canadians, about 82%, made financial donations to a charity or a non-profit organization. Now, the average amount was about just over $500, $531 dollars. And those top donors, actually, um, which are the top quarter, the top 25% of donors, definitely give the most to charity. They give about four-fifths of the total annual donations in the year. So there are a bunch of folks that give some money away, and then there are some that give a lot, give quite, quite a large amount. So based on the proportion of those that donate, um a group called Imagine Canada, they track charitable giving data and they show that health and social services are the top cause with more than half of Canadians donating to health institutions. And then okay. about a third of Canadians give to religious organizations. Mhm. So those are the
1: two um the two main um but of course they are a really very encompassing when you think of all of the um, all of the health organizations and all of the the different um, you know different organizations under that umbrella, and then all of the things that religious organizations may be doing, um, you know, it would be it would be
2: a huge long list of of different services, wouldn't it? It would be vast. It's all of the hospitals in Canada, um, all of the research groups,
0: all mm-hmm. of the groups that
2: assist folks suffering with certain illnesses or diseases. And so it's everything from Canadian Cancer Society, Alzheimer's Society, MS, ALS, your local hospital, the bigger hospitals like sick kids and those kinds of things. It's for health stuff, it's a huge list.
1: Mm. hmm
2: mm-hmm. And a lot of people would feel
1: a um you know might choose that because of their own health or family history or someone that's been that they know that's been affected or uh you know someone that was in a hospital and you know and they want to support that hospital that kind of thing
2: certainly and we hear those stories from donors uh folks that want to support uh the Canadian Cancer Society's Transportation service. Sorry, Ontario Cancer's transportation service, because their family benefited from those volunteer drivers getting people to and from cancer treatment and helping the families out. I have lots mm. of friends that are in walkathons, in runs, in all kinds of interesting things to support causes that are dear to their hearts because they've mm. been affected personally.
1: Right, right. Um, so, <clears throat> so we know that there's. Um, you know, certainly a desire uh, just by the statistics. Uh, with without hearing, you know, the stories of these things mean to people. We can tell by the statistics, but that that there is a real desire to to
2: help and to give. Yes, yes, there is. Canadians are generous, which is great. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: you've said that there's a gap between charitable giving reported by Canadians and what they claim on their tax returns. What do you mean by that first, and then uh, what's your explanation for it?
2: Well, we have about 82% of Canadians saying that they've made a financial contribution to a charity at some point in 2013, but only about 25% of people that file income tax returns actually claim those charitable donations. And so that's a pretty big gap from 80% to 25%. Now, Mm -hmm. it could be that spouses come buying their receipts. So if you're married or have a common-law partner, that often makes sense from a tax perspective for one person to claim those receipts. Mm -hmm. Um, For folks that give smaller donations, maybe you've donated a few dollars at the checkout, there probably isn't a charitable receipt handed to you. Mm -hmm. But those dollars can add up. Or you might run into someone where there isn't any tax due in the year or they've used other deductions and credits to write it off. And so they're going to carry that charitable receipt forward into future years and they don't end up using it. Mm -hmm. So all of those things would affect the gap. Right. But it's also possible that that
1: that that gap means that people aren't taking advantage of the tax
2: um, advantages as well. Absolutely. If you're giving away some money here and some money there, your friends in a -a something-a-thon, somebody comes to the door to collect, you give online, you may not actually have tracked all of your charitable receipts. Some Mm -hmm. come right away, some come later, some don't come till the end of the year or the beginning of the new calendar year. And so you have to have a place and a way to hold all of those receipts and keep them until tax time and see how best to use them.
1: Mhm. It also, um, you know, in, in some cases where where we're giving, we also need to be aware of, you know, sometimes you're, um, especially if you're doing something, you know, that the children are doing at school or something, they won't issue you a tax receipt for maybe a $5 or a $10 donation, but, you know, maybe you get it for a $20 donation. Um,
2: yes.
1: So, you know, we, we might be better to give the $20 donation and get a tax receipt.
2: Yes, it's it's part of asking those questions and finding out what is, when do you issue charitable receipts, and if it's at $20, then making the decision of whether you still only want to give $10 or whether you'd rather give $20 and have the charitable receipt, or it, what's your overall donation going to be for the year, and rather than giving $10 five times, maybe you make one $50 donation and get that Mm -hmm. charitable receipt Mm -hmm. again yeah a little easier to track
1: as well as you were saying right if you've Mm -hmm. um if you kind of combine things that way so when we talk about charitable giving there's things called tax credits um tell us about those how does it work
2: Yeah, so for folks who do their own income tax returns, they may know about this. For those that don't, it's helpful because the Canadian government is actually fairly generous with Canadians that make donations to charities in terms of their income tax. So you can actually claim a gift of up to 75% of your net income in a year. So you can give away a lot of money if you chose to. Uh, The federal tax credit allows taxable income to be reduced by 15%, which is the lowest amount for the first $200, and anything after that, anything over and above that you give away in the year is 29%. So giving Uh away more than $200 in a year certainly makes sense tax-wise if you're able to do that. Otherwise, you may want to hold on to those charitable receipts. Again, the government's fairly generous with us and they'll let us hold those receipts for up to five years and use them on future years' income tax returns. So if you plan to give away $200 every year, you might want to hold them for three or four or five years and then claim them at once and get that bigger bigger credit to reduce your taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's really important to um, to be aware of to take the most advantage of, of the tax rules um, here in Canada. Um, charitable tax shelters... Um, you know, we, we sometimes hear about those things. Um, are they good? Are
2: they bad? What can you tell us? Generally, if it looks like you're getting something for nothing, it's probably not a good idea. So mm-hmm. Canada Revenue Agency tracks these, and charitable or sorry, tax shelters are given an identification number so they can track the shelter and also track the people that use it in their income tax returns. And so where a donor or someone buying something gets tax benefits and deductions that would be more than their actual gift, so maybe they would need to make a donation of $1,000, but they would get a $3,000 charitable um, receipt, that Mm -hmm. doesn't work in Canada Revenue Agency's eyes. That's not legal. And so if you made a $1,000 gift, you could get a $1,000 charitable receipt. That works. Something more than that, you can't. So if there's no cost to the donor, Canada Revenue Agency deems it not a gift, and you don't get that charitable credit. So some donors think that because they've submitted this return, and they're part of a tax shelter arrangement, and it wasn't denied that it's going to be fine. But Canada Re- Revenue Agency works really hard to keep up with these, but they do run behind. So it can take a few years for them to actually reassess and go back and deny or, or reduce the amount of credit that's given. They've already um, reassessed over 182,000 taxpayers that participated in these tax shelter schemes, and they've denied more than $5.9 billion in donation claims. Wow. So uh,
1: being aware and, and having some knowledge um, about these issues is really important to us.
2: Yeah, if it sounds too good to be true, you probably need to ask a lot of questions before you decide to participate.
1: Okay, that's very good advice. Uh, We're going to take this opportunity to go for a break, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
0: Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. Music This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program.
1: back to Step Right with Lynn. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. We're on A2Zen.fm. Today my guest is Sherry Gross from the Mennonite Foundation of Canada. Uh, we're talking about charitable giving. Um,
2: when we talk about charities, why do people give, Sherry? Well, a lot of folks report that it was compassion to someone or some situation that's causing a need. And you can see that outpouring in the generosity of Canadians after a disaster, like the Haiti earthquake, for example. Canadians mm-hmm. were incredibly generous and gave a vast amount of money to help support folks in another country to whom they may or may not have connections. But it was a terrible situation, and folks want to support these kinds of things, see people that whose lives are affected by a tragedy, have some support, have the things that they need. Um, folks believe in the cause, they want to give to the community. And so, for example, Domino's CEO, Domino's Canada CEO, Michael Schlater, recently revealed that they've, he and his wife have actually given away over $6 million. And they did this quite quietly and stayed out of the news for a long time. And he says, you know what, we came from poor families, and we wanted to make sure that we didn't change and stayed the same. So we want to help people who need help. So it's mm-hmm. it's great when folks that have capacity to give large amounts can do that. But most of us have capacity to give something. And research shows that being generous is actually really good for you personally. You feel good Mm -hmm. when you help others. And that can be uh, holding a door, giving a smile, contributing money, buying a gift for someone you care about. And it it can include giving to charity. So there was a study with uh, University of BC, Harvard, and University of Virginia scholars it show that when you spend money making someone else happy, it makes you happy. So it's mm-hmm. actually been proven.
1: Right, right. Um, and, of course, you know, we need universities to prove that to us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: yeah.
1: wonder how much they spent on the study to prove that to us, that it makes us feel good. Anyway, it um, has been proven, yeah. and that's the, that's the important thing. Yeah. We um, know it
2: intuitively, but yeah. it's official yeah.
1: now. That's right. Um, Sherry, it it seems pretty easy to give money away. Um, you know, the charities, there's lots of them out there, lots of good causes. Um, you know, you can reach out to them online, you can write a check. Um, you know, it's it seems like there's often someone asking for a good cause. Um, why would someone seek advice um before
2: they did that. There are a few reasons why someone might want to get some advice before they made decisions about charitable giving. So they might be curious about their giving patterns and whether they're taking advantage of the tax credits that can come their way and some of the other tax deductions for charitable giving. They mm-hmm. There are things like giving publicly traded securities like stocks or mutual funds where there are actual real tax advantages to donating that instead of cash or on a credit card. For some folks, it's a lifetime event. So maybe they've sold a business, they received an inheritance. And when you get that large amount of money at one time, and large is part of perception, so it could be any amount of money. But if it's large for you, Mm -hmm. it feels like a large amount. It can bring a lot of emotions and changes to your life, and it can be helpful to just get some good advice from financial planners, from lawyers, from accountants, and from charitable giving folks about, you know, what's the best strategy here? How do I want to think about including charitable giving as part of having this this newfound cash? What do I do with it? What's the best Mm -hmm. way? What other things do I need to think about? And as life changes, we get older, maybe we get married, we have kids, they grow up and they leave, we divorce, we downsize, grandchildren arrive, life keeps changing. And what are your priorities? What are your goals? How are your finances doing? And any of those times of change, it can be good to just get some, some advice. And so certain foundations, like Mennonite Foundation, are able to app- to offer some of that practical advice around charitable giving Without the pressure to give now, without adding you to a mailing list uh, without harassing you, we work with the donor to say, "What is it that you want to do, and how can we help you make that happen?" Mhm, okay um, Is there anything else you
1: want to you know add about the charitable foundation um and and working with the foundation as opposed to working directly with the charities?
2: Sure. Charities generally have a specific mandate, so a local food bank would help folks that don't have enough in terms of food, uh, homeless shelter, folks that don't have housing, animal shelter, animals that are needing care, that kind of thing. A charitable foundation, however, exists to provide funds to other charities, so kind of like a funnel. Money Mm -hmm. comes into the foundation and then goes out. Community foundations tend to focus on issues and needs in a geographic area. So that could be a city or a county or a region or a specific area of a city even. Or a hospital foundation, for example, would support a hospital. Mm -hmm. There are some public foundations, like Mennonite Foundation, that will work with any donor to give to any charity in Canada. So financial institutions would also have foundations or charitable giving arms and it's important for donors to just have a do some research and find the place that best fits their needs and their goals ask lots of questions because not all foundations are the same just like not all charities even all food banks don't operate in the same way they're mm-hmm. not identical mm-hmm. so asking those questions and finding out what might make sense for them
1: right and i guess you know part of the advice could be you know there is you know I think what we we first think of is you know just writing a check and you know and and it and it being a one time thing, but sometimes um you know people choose to to give to the same cause regularly um you know or even or even from their estate and from their will, and those are all things that you can help people sort out as
2: to what makes the most sense for them, yes. It can be good just to have that conversation and and get some new ideas perhaps or find out that what you're doing works great for you and it's the best thing that you're doing. But mm-hmm. for folks who are on, doing ongoing support for charities, that's certainly what charities come to rely on. They like to know that they can count on you giving $100 a month or so much per year. That helps them with budgeting and planning and those kinds of things. So ongoing support is definitely desired by charities, but sometimes for individuals, our financial situation might change. And so you want to make sure that you can communicate with those charities if things go up or go down, or maybe let them know that, you know, it might be different this year. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Now, you mentioned giving stocks and
1: bonds. Um, Why would you donate them directly to the charity? Why wouldn't you sell it and then... um, and then give them the money
2: that's a really good question and these are stocks bonds or mutual funds that aren't held in your retirement savings accounts so not in your RIF or not in your rsp they just need Mm -hmm. to be in an investment account for this to work but the government a few years ago gave us a great gift so if you were to sell your mutual funds that you owned and then make a donation to charity, you would pay a tax called capital gain on the difference in value between when you purchased those mutual funds and their price when you sold them, presuming they've gone up in value. So that difference between purchase and sale price is taxable, and you would pay some income tax, and then you'd donate the money to charity if that's what you wanted to do, and you would get a charitable receipt.
1: Mm-hmm. A few years
2: ago, the government changed the rules and said, well, if you take those same mutual funds or stocks And instead of selling them, you donate them as they are, so you take the mutual funds from your account and donate them to a charity in Canada, we won't charge you any capital gain. So there's no taxes due, and you still get a full charitable receipt that you can use to offset some other income tax. It was a great gift for donors and for charities to be able to say, you know, here is a a real tax-advantaged way to make gifts to charity completely legal, supported by Canada Revenue Agency. And so for folks who have those stocks or bonds or mutual funds that have gone up in value, and for folks who support charity, that's a great way to look at giving and to explore that option about whether that would work for them.
1: Yes, and so if you were working with someone and they had – you know, and you look at their whole situation and you, you know, you see like they're, they're interested in making a donation. Something that you can suggest and, you know, you can show that the tax difference between giving that asset and giving a different asset.
2: Yes. Yeah. So often when we're giving to charity, we're looking at giving out of um, our income. So the money in our bank account. So a check, a credit card, online, cash, something like that. And with giving stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, you're looking at giving an asset. So instead of the money coming out of your bank account, it comes out of an investment account, and you still have that money sitting in your bank account. So it's helpful for folks to think about that. It's a little different way to give, but mm-hmm. great tax advantages to doing that. And how can the Mennonite Foundation help in in that um, situation? Well, a number of charities uh, don't accept stocks, bonds or mutual funds because they don't want to open brokerage accounts. Uh, Sometimes donors support a number of charities and rather than doing 10 sets of paperwork to support their 10 favorite charities, they perhaps just want to make one. And those are two places Mennonite Foundation can come in. So we'll accept those stocks, those bonds, those mutual funds. We, From any donor in Canada, we sell them when they arrive in our brokerage account, we turn them into cash and we say to the donor, you have so many dollars available, which charity in Canada or charities, if you'd like to support more than one, would you like these funds to go to? And so the donor is always in control and gets to decide where those funds go at the time the gift is made. And so we have folks that will say it all goes here, make one gift, other folks who want to send it out to a bunch of places, and some folks who want to take some time and say, you know, I haven't really decided, I need to explore, think about this, there's other things happening in my life. And so we can be kind of a parking lot where they Mm. can make the donation in 2015, get their receipt in 2015, and then decide in a later year which charity or charities they want to support.
1: Right, so by doing it that way through the foundation, they still get all the tax advantages of giving that stock directly to a charity.
2: Yes, Mennonite Foundation is a charity, so we issue the charitable receipt. Another little piece for donors some folks don't want their name in light. Some folks don't want their name on a wall, or they don't want the charity to know who they are. For folks oh. who want to be anonymous, you can make a gift to a foundation like Mennonite Foundation. We know who you are. We issue the charitable receipt, but we can then send your gift on as a gift from a friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Lovely. That's, that's great. Um, and it would be imp- important for someone to realize if they um say they were trying to um they wanted to give some stock to say a smaller charity and they found that that they were blocked in doing that it would be important to know um that these things can be done through um through a foundation
2: yes yes and again, check your foundations. We all operate slightly differently, so just confirm that the foundation you're making the donation will forward those funds to the charity that you want to support in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's great. I think we're going to take
1: this opportunity as um, as a time to take a little break. We'll go to commercial, and uh, we'll get back on this subject in just a few minutes.
0: Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK, or in Canada, 613-800-8736, or you can Skype us at AtoZen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to our show today. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. I have with me today Sherry Gross from the Mennonite Foundation of Canada. We're talking about charitable giving in Canada and how you can maximize the amount you can give by being aware of the tax advantages that are available to us. Um, So, Sherry, um, some people, uh, you hear talking about foundations, family foundations, private foundations. um, Is that something that the Mennonite Foundation can help with as well? Um, What are the costs in in doing something like that? Um, Tell us a bit about that.
2: Absolutely. Lots of folks explore setting up their own private or family foundation, but they should know all of the costs and details before they proceed and the other options available in working with a public foundation. So to set up your private foundation, you need to work with a lawyer, apply for charitable status, create a board of directors. Uh, There are certain Canada Revenue Agency rules about filing financial statements annually that you must follow. So there can be some paperwork and some detail involved. And cost-wise, about $20,000, $25,000 is the number that I've heard. For to set up your own private foundation. And so some mm-hmm. folks think because you have the word private foundation in the name, it's kind of secret or people can't find out. But part of Canada Revenue Agency and charities being accountable to Canadians is that that filing information that charities do every year is available to the public. So anyone with Internet access can go to the Canada Revenue Agency website and search for a charity by name or by charitable number and find out all kinds of information about that charity. The financial Mm -hmm. statements are posted there, so assets, income, who's on the board of directors, Uh, where the money came from, where it went to, all that kind of stuff. All that information is there. And so for folks who want the fun of giving money away, but maybe not the hassle and the expense of setting up their own foundation, having a board, having that information be public, working with a public foundation like Mennonite Foundation can be an advantage. You get all the fun of giving the money away with none of the hassle. And your giving information is mixed in with every other Mennonite Foundation of Canada donor, so no one knows if that 100000 that went to a particular charity came from one person or from a 1,000 people. So right. it's an easy way to kind of keep some of that uh, privacy, for example, mm-hmm. if you just don't want it out there in the public or accessible to anyone. So, and, and there would also be
1: annual requirements um, in in keeping a, a family foundation as well, wouldn't there, reporting and that kind of thing?
2: Yes, reporting, meetings, that kind of thing. And some folks find that they've started the family foundation and they've really enjoyed it, but as they get older, maybe their kids aren't so willing to take it on, or maybe they don't have children, and there aren't mm-hmm. obvious family members to continue that. So some will look at transferring their foundation, to a public foundation like Mennonite Foundation so it can keep operating a little bit differently but it can keep going and supporting the causes that they care about. Mhm. And you know when you look at at that um,
1: that minimum for you, you know for a private foundation um you know certainly uh y- you can donate you know smaller amounts to the Mennonite Foundation as well and still have um some of those advantages
2: I would think. Absolutely. We don't have a minimum to set up a family foundation or anything like that. So if you wanted to set one up, our only minimum is that our distribution to charity needs to be at least $100. So anything more than $100, we can have that conversation. So some (laughs) folks want to do this, you know, here's a chunk of money and we'll give this out over a number of years. Other folks have a vision to add some money to the set up a family foundation during their lifetime, add some money to it every year through their lifetime, and then perhaps at death put some more cash in and have their children or grandchildren have the experience of making decisions on what charities to support every year.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounds like a real win-win situation. So you talked about um, life-changing events, um, lifetime events, like selling the business, selling the cottage, uh, why would someone uh, seek advice at those times?
2: Well, when you're working on the sale of a business, something like that that you have ownership of, or when you're working at selling a cottage, those aren't just financial transactions. They're often lifestyle transactions that bring a lot of emotions with them, especially if you're transferring a business outside of the immediate family. If it's within the family, it becomes a control piece, right? It was my business, Mm -hmm. I started it, and now I've passed it on. I don't get to make the decisions anymore. So there's a lot of emotional changes that come with that. And having perhaps wealth for years on paper but tied up in the business is very different than having money suddenly accessible in an investment account. And so there's a lot of work to be done there and how you think about this, how you want to manage it, lots of good conversations with financial planners and accountants. And so people often take advantage of those events to say, well, if I have some tax that I need to pay, the Canadian government will allow me to make some gifts to the charities that I care about and reduce or eliminate that tax, and I would rather do that. So for Mm -hmm. folks who want to give to charity and eliminate some or all of the tax or simply support those causes because now I'm well off, I have some assets and I'm able to give and to give back, it's a good time to have those conversations often with a foundation to say, what are my choices? What are some things that I should know? What questions should I be asking my financial planner and my accountants? What questions do you have for them? And how can we think about this? So mm-hmm. in my work with Mennonite Foundation, I've chatted with some farm families, some business owners who've been in the midst of those transitions. And often it's, they don't do this every day, and so the lawyer does this all the time. It's no big deal for the lawyer. Financial planners Mm -hmm. and accountants have dealt with this stuff. But for this individual, this only happens once, and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of emotion tied up. So having some space and some time to have some conversations and finding out that, you know, I don't have to decide everything today. I can work with the accountant and the financial planner to figure out what I need, what I want to give away, what makes sense tax-wise. Mm-hmm. and make some of those decisions and then I don't have to worry about exactly which charities get how many dollars at this second. Right. I can take some space and some time to think about that and work on that, find out what's happening with these charities. And so we've had a few donors say, could you just call and ask if someone was to give them $30,000, what what would they want to use that for? I don't want to call because I don't want them to know that I can maybe make that gift because I'm not sure right. that I'm going to. But if you could call and just say, I, I have someone who's interested in finding out more about what you would do with this bigger gift, charities are glad to entertain that conversation and find out. Uh-huh. They have dreams and hopes the same as we do as individuals. And so having those conversations can be really fulfilling. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I can see I can see how that um how that could work really well too um, so let's talk about a person's will uh, and planning an estate are they the same thing and what's the difference
2: well a will is one specific document that looks after all the assets and items that haven't been given away in any other way so it's a piece of your estate plan but it's not the whole estate plan And Looking at your overall estate plan, that might include something with beneficiary designations, for example. Mm -hmm. So you would want to think about that overall and say, okay, I'm supporting this person with a life insurance policy or giving money to this charity with my RIF when I'm no longer around to need it. And who else do I want to include in my estate? How will things flow? What happens if this person passes away before me? So it can be Big and kind of complicated, but we try to make it fairly easy to say, what are, overall, what are your goals? Who do you want mm-hmm. to include? Who do you not want to include? What are the causes you want to support? When do you want this to happen? What assets do you have? And how might this work best? So we can work with accountants um, and lawyers and financial planners to say, what are the assets? What do you own? Where do you want this to go? And where does charity fit into this plan?
1: Right. Um, Are there a lot of people that that feel they're able to give to
2: charities in their wills? There are a lot that do, yes. Lots of Canadians are generous that way. What can happen, though, is, for example, if it's a a couple, common-law, or married, they may leave everything to each other, so when the first spouse passes away, nothing goes to charity. It may not be until the second spouse passes away that there Mm -hmm. might be a gift to charity and assets Go to the children if they have children. So it's not in every single will that you will see that, but many right. Canadians are generous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it 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 does make sense that um, you know that the that the surviving spouse, I mean, they may feel they need that money, right? Mm-hmm. They don't Absolutely. know how long they'll live, so they might feel that um, you know that that money is is possibly still needed at that time. And um, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, there's there's ways of doing some projections as well. You could project the the income to to show how long the money will last as well. But um, you, you can see that that people might feel that the surviving spouse w- might need the money.
2: Absolutely, that's the big unknown for most of us: is how long we're going to live, what kind of care we, and so. You know what? Those those are largely unknowns for most of us. Mhm.
1: So um, demographics. What difference does that make? People are living longer. Um, what difference is that making to the picture?
2: Well, folks are living longer. So 80s, 90s, even into their hundreds, is becoming more common. If you're hanging around nursing homes at all, it used to be that folks having 100th birthdays were rare, and now you usually have a few in a home. So folks Mm -hmm. are living longer. Adult children then are close to or perhaps already retired when their parents pass away. And so it's that we have folks say, I don't know if my kids need this money. They're in their 60s. They're retired. They're well off. They've saved. I've helped them through their life as You know they went through school they got married bought a house I helped with education accounts for the grandchildren and so I don't know that it's helpful for my kids to have all this money I don't know that they need it so some are deciding to skip a generation and provide an inheritance to their grandchildren who are perhaps in their 30s or 40s and often at that age and stage where you know there's lots of things happening financially and some extra money would be helpful in terms of buying a home, paying off a mortgage, saving for retirement, saving for kids' education, and so some folks are looking at that of you know well, maybe, maybe I'll skip a generation or maybe I can be more generous to charity because I've been generous through my life to my kids, to my family, and I don't think they need everything that I have.
1: Mhm um, and how do you help people make those decisions? You know, say there is an estate, there's children, they have charity in mind, but they don't know how that all comes together. What kinds of questions do you ask them to help them bring it into perspective and figure out what they really want to do?
2: I usually ask folks to think about if something happened to you in the next few weeks, how big would your estate be? So for a couple, imagine you both pass away. How much is sitting in your estate? What amount is that? And many folks that I talk to say, well, I don't have much. And by the time we're done doing the math and add everything in, so houses and investment accounts and savings and those sorts of things, it can often be close to or over a million dollars. And so you say, okay, if something happens to you in the next little while, you've got about a million dollars here. What are we going to do with that? So if they have four children, that would be about $250,000 per child. That's a Mm -hmm. lot of money. Um, Is that helpful for your kids? Is that harmful for your children? Are there charities that you want to include? And so a common mm-hmm. way to think about including charity in a estate is looking at it as an additional child. So for the family with four children, instead of dividing the estate in four, they could divide it in five. Each mm-hmm. child gets 200,000 instead of 250,000, which is not that big a difference, but charity mm-hmm. gets 200,000, which is a sizable gift. And mm-hmm. so have that conversation with folks about how are your children? What are they doing? Are things going well? Are there areas of concern? If they suddenly received a couple hundred thousand dollars, would that be a good thing or would that make you go, "Ah, hmm, maybe I need to rethink this?"
1: Right. Okay. Uh we'll we'll take another quick break and um then we'll have a few more uh bits of information to share.
0: Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK or in Canada, 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at atizen.fm You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca Now, back to the program.
1: This is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. We're on A2Zen.fm, and our guest today is Sherry Gross from the Mennonite Foundation of Canada. Um, We have so much information, great information that we're uh, sharing today, um, and we have just a few more minutes here to to get the... um, the, the final tidbits in here. Um, Sherry, can anyone deal with a foundation or is it
2: really only
1: for really wealthy people?
2: Well, again, foundations can operate differently. So some are definitely meant for folks who have a certain amount of assets that they want to give to charity. So it could be 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000. And other foundations like Mennonite Foundation will work with anyone. So our only minimum is that a distribution to charity has to be at least $100, and anything more than that, that's great. And so we'll talk with anyone from folks who just have a couple hundred dollars to give away and want a bit of advice to folks who have a few million to give away and want some advice, and everyone wow. in between.
1: So it's wide open there.
2: <laughs> that's great. It's wide open. <laughs> um what should donors
1: think about before they give, Sherry?
2: Well, they should know whether they're giving to a, a charity. There are unfortunately some folks that try to prey on people's generosity, and collect some money, but they're not actually a registered charity with Canada Revenue Agency. So for folks who are online and have internet access, it is easy to go online and check with Canada Revenue Agency and make sure that they're actually a charity. Talk to the charities and find out what they have to say. Um mm-hmm. find out what they're doing. Where do they work? Are they local? Are they national? Are they international? What are some of the achievements that they've had? What are some mm-hmm. things that they would still like to work on? Ask lots of good questions and find out if their beliefs and goals and actions are in sync with yours. Um, Sherry, we've got a question in the um in the chat room. Do you work with people outside of Canada? People, can charities work with outside folks. of Canada? Yeah, we can only forward funds to Canadian charities. So there Mm -hmm. are some charities outside of Canada that are registered with Canada Revenue Agency, and we can help folks figure that out. Um, For people that are outside of Canada, we're best able to help the ones that have either Canadian assets or Canadian income, Mm -hmm. because we can help with the Canadian charitable receipt, of course, but that doesn't work with U.S. taxes and that kind of thing. So, yeah, folks who have Canadian assets, Canadian income, folks that want to give to Canadian charities, we can certainly have the conversation. And if we're not the right place, we can try to help you find the right place. Right. And how can people reach you um <clears throat>
1: if if they do want to uh know more about the Mennonite Foundation of Canada or if they have questions about um some of the things that we've mentioned today, uh how can they
2: reach you? The easiest way if you have internet access is to go to our website, which is mennofoundation.ca. So M E N N O Foundation F O U N D A T-I-O-N dot C-A and there's a contact us button and you can find individual staff people that are in your particular area of Canada or you can find me, you can find anyone online or just hit the general contact button an email comes in and we'll look after you. Mm -hmm. You can also feel free to call us. We have a toll-free number that works across Canada. It's 1-800-772-3257. Okay. Um, and
1: you, through the Mennonite Foundation, just so that we're making it clear, you can forward funds to any charity in Canada and provide your expertise and advice in doing that.
2: Yes. Yes. We are happy to help Canadians, give to support Canadian causes, charities in Canada. And how much,
1: um, what is the you know how much money are you dealing with on an annual
2: basis last year we gave over 15 million dollars to over 750 different charities across Canada and that those are the instructions from our donors of where they wanted funds to go so we didn't make those selections ourselves that was all from donors who who picked specific charities and amounts that they wanted to give Thank you for uh, for being with
1: us today, Sherry, and uh taking the time to uh share your expertise with us. Um I'm sure that we have all learned a lot. Um and it's making everyone think, I'm sure. So thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Remember you can always send me an email if um if you have questions uh or if you want to be uh, connected with any of our guests. Uh, My email is lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. Remember, I'm here to help. Let's book a time for your free 30-minute telephone consultation to get you started on your path to achieving your goals and dreams. Uh, That's lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. I remind you that estate planning is for anyone who wants to leave as little as possible to the taxman. You're welcome to send me that email, and we can chat. I'm also available, um, should you have a group that's looking for a speaker, I would be pleased to present um, something that, uh, to your group, a topic of interest to them, um, you know, some of my favorites are the three stages of learning, of life. That's learning, earning, and returning. Um, or how to leave a gift in your will in six easy steps. Uh, the new retirement is also a, uh, a favorite topic of mine. Send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca. I'm interested to know what you think of the show. I'd like to hear your suggestions. Um, Maybe it's a guest that has a story to share about their contribution or they represent an organization that's making a contribution. So please feel feel free to contact me. Uh, I welcome your comments at Step Right with Lynn. This is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. We'll talk to you next week when we will be talking about the new retirement with my guest, Bill Swartz. Bye for now. We will talk with you next week, um, and Bill has great stories to share about how he is... um, Making use of new demographics and the um, certainly the the new way of looking at retirement, which is sort of an unretirement in Bill's case, uh, unretirement or the new retirement. That's what we'll talk about next week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on a FM. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.